Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now, let's give you something to chew on. We are back with another episode of Chew On This. Kevin, you are chilling in your Airbnb. What's up? Welcome to Nashville, Tennessee. It is all good here. All good on a beautiful day in the volunteer state. Yes. The volunteer state. I'm good. I'm good. It's cold. It's okay. cold. Virginia is starting to get cold, not too far off from Nashville. But yeah. uh, so the volunteer state, are you aware of that? I did not. I yeah. don't think I know the background on that other than I'm guessing somebody volunteered. That one guy volunteered and they were like, you know, we should make a state about it. I, you know, Davy Crockett was a proud volunteer at the Alamo. It didn't work out well for him, but he, he did. Uh, so too soon. Kevin. I don't, don't want to spoil that story for anybody who doesn't know it. Maybe, uh, too, too soon. Yeah, All right. So. <laughs> Well, we just lost Tennessee, so there you go. All right. All right, so there's your Jeopardy answer from us. The volunteer state and uh, Davy Crockett didn't do well. There, there you go. <laughs> so, so today, Kevin, I would like to go over a report that was just put out. And I just, you and I love stats. We love yes. anything that has a graphic and a percent sign next to it. True. <laughs> We're all about it. So uh, the Synchrony Dental Lifetime of Care study, and of course it will be linked. I wanted to go over some of the facts that were in there. You and I have been perusing through here and we both were like, ooh, we should talk about that. Yeah, I want to know what jumped out to you. I'm very curious. So what jumped out to me was the fact that I have a lot of stats now for my next coming classes. That's what was really (laughs) exciting. So, okay. So First of all, the big number that pops up here, so dental lifetime of care. So that's how much money like somebody would expect to spend on their teeth. And this includes dental premiums. It doesn't include more complex care like implants, veneers, and ortho, which honestly bumps this number up even more because a lot of people are having that type of of work. So from ages 20 to 79, you can expect to spend anywhere from 51,000 to 95,000 over your lifetime for care. And I think that's conservative because when you add in implants, veneers, bleach, ortho by itself, right. you know, adds to it. Uh, as we know, ortho cases can go anywhere up to 5000 sometimes $8,000. And then you don't wear your retainer. And so you have to pay that all over again. So that could easily add $10,000 to the total. Well, and, and I always am curious about averages, you know, because that means somebody spent a lot of money and somebody spent a little money, you know, to That's get to true. that that figure. So, yeah. And some of those things that you mentioned weren't included in there. That certainly you would think would have bumped the price up for sure. For sure. For sure. So we've got here the majority of 58% believe dental care is not affordable, which is why a lot of people worry about their dental health. It's almost like you don't want to get sick and go to the hospital because even if you have insurance, you just know there's going to be a big bill. So this really does contribute to that thought. People who believe dental care is not affordable, the most amount of people, it's the people with no insurance, which honestly, it's not even a belief. It's pretty, it's true. It's pretty unaffordable for most (laughs) people. So the people who worry about their oral health, the number one thing that they worry about is not the actual, like having a catastrophic event or, not having a procedure, they worry the most about how they're going to pay for it. So I can see that there's a sure. theme. There's a yeah. theme through here, right? Yeah. 
And then this is, I know, going to be shocking to my people, the insurance coordinators, but among those that have insurance, one out of two did not know their annual maximum and one out of four doesn't know how much they're paying for it. I am shocked that somebody does not understand their dental benefits, Kevin. One out of two. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm thinking that's, that's pretty high. I'm just going to throw that out there. Wow. So, so I have a little nitpicky thing here and, you know, no shade to my synchrony people who put this together, but why can't you just say 50%? Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that too. I've never really heard one out of two, but. I don't know. Three yeah. out of four, eight out of 10. Nine out of um, 10, yeah, absolutely. You know? And I just found out the other day that there is a Reddit forum that's called the 10th Dentist. Because we want to know what the 10, you know, nine out of 10 dentists agree. Yes. People want to know what the 10th dentist thinks. I love the 10th dentist. The, that's, I'm going to join that Reddit group now. That's fantastic. I have to spend time on there because I'd like to know what on earth they're discussing there. I just kind of came across it. And I was like, 10th dentist. That's hilarious. That's um, fantastic. Another name for a podcast that we should have jumped on. So, oh, so many frustrations now. I'm still mourning that we didn't grab psychodentistry. Still One out of two of us is very frustrated with that. So <laughs> you decide which one. <laughs> okay. So because of costs, um, 92% consider holding off on general dental care. And this is really sad. 83% hold off on emergency dental care. So I know you lecture about this a lot. So I, I really want to ask a question here because we know the two things that people don't except treatment for is fear and money. We know that those are the two big things, but yet, as you said earlier, often it's a reality. The money's not there. Yeah. So how do we talk about treatment knowing that there's no ability to pay for it? I mean, I think that's a huge frustration in a lot of dental practices right now. So you have to have options, you know, and that's why a lot of offices now I'm surprised, but I'm seeing them start to do payment plans again, which I don't dig at all. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because some of their people don't have credit or some of their people don't have the information to qualify for credit, you know? So you have this thing, well, we'll just make payments, which is just terrible for your accounts receivable. Yeah, the sure. other side of that is, and I, this is... You and I have been in this field a long time, so we've seen the ups and downs. And if you've been in the field less than, I would say, 10 years, you may not have seen this yet. But what happens is the industry starts to say, we need to do lots of dentistry, quadrant dentistry, you know, really get the patient in because it's it's better for the office to do all the work that they can in one appointment from a disposables point of view, from an overhead point of view, sure. all of that. So we do that. We say, you know, let's just do everything in the upper right. Let's see what we can do. But the reality is when times go bad, when times are tough, patients don't want to get as much done. They want to do what hurts. A lot of single tooth dentistry. Exactly. Yep. And so when we had the recession, the market crash years and years ago, you saw people saying, we're not doing these whole mouth reconstructions anymore. You're fixing this tooth and this tooth and this tooth. Mm -hmm. And the whole, there were offices that were doing nothing but highly cosmetic dentistry that either had to change lanes completely or they went, you know, they went out of business. You remember that, right? Like we're Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we're swinging back to that where we have to really listen to what the patient's saying. There's of course every patient if they had a pot of money would get all the work done. Yep. But that's just not the reality. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation about the fact that patients, yeah, they're going to say yes to you because it's almost embarrassing for them to say, I can't afford it. I mean, it's embarrassing, right? 
It is absolutely. And I think that you've got to, so often the practice, you know, and you hear it, I hear it, people are worried about talking about money with their patients. And so it's not only a conversation about money, but it's also this confidence to know if you can offer a care credit in your practice, you can offer payment plans, you can offer whatever it is to try to get them to that point. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, I just, I just want to focus on teeth. I just want to focus on dentistry. I don't want to have to get into finance 101 here. But, but also I think that what we're seeing now is that you've got to have that ability to explain all the options and really be very knowledgeable about what those are and how it impacts not only your patient, but your business too. Yeah, no, that's all excellent points because the patient's going to tell you what they can do. Sometimes we just don't listen, you know, I mean, whether it's body language, whether it's the actual words and we keep pressing, I mean, the patient's only going to do what they can do. One other set of stats here is that only 73% of the people, and it was a pretty healthy sample size. I can get the exact number towards the end because that's something too. We have to be really good with looking at studies is, you know, did they survey 10 people? You know, so, okay, 73% went to see their general dentist in the past 12 months. Of those who did not, the most cited reason was expense. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, okay, we get it. We get it. So those most likely to visit the dentist, people with insurance, baby boomers, well, they probably have insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're just sitting on a ton of cash. Parents with dependent children under age 19. No surprise there. Parents, parents take their kids, right? Yep which is a big reason why pediatric dentistry is almost like a guarantee of income. (laughs) Just that's why it's the most popular specialty. So I get it. Now, the least likely is the people without dental benefits. Okay. The silent generation and singles. Do you know what the silent generation is? No, tell me about that. I I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> why that's why they're we're, we don't know they're quiet. You know, we don't know who they are. So I like going, "Hey, it's us." You know, yeah. <laughs> I wish they'd tell me. I don't <laughs> Okay, so overall I like, Google that and the volunteer state. I have a, please, a growing list here, seriously. Please do, cuz I right. have never heard of the silent generation. So you know what? While you while you keep going, I'm going to just tell you. Oh, here you go. Uh-oh. This, well, wow. Already. Okay. I, I wouldn't have thought this. Silent generation is children born between 25 and 1945. So mm. pre-World War II born babies. Wow. Wow. Okay. The That's silent. silent. I've never heard of that yeah. before. Interesting. I had never wow. known that. So, okay. Well, so that's the, that's before the greatest generation, right? The yeah. Well, actually, this was the, I mean, technically the greatest generation, if you were born in 25, you would have just been young, too young to have fought in World War II because you've been 16 when it broke out in 1941. Mm, okay. So actually, yeah, this is after the greatest generation, maybe. Interesting. And yeah, then, the, of course, the, and then the baby boomers came up and. Yep. Okay. So that's okay. Good. Good. There Look you at go. that. We are solving all of another Jeopardy answer for you. Okay. All okay. Right, and, and could it wait, can I just tie in something? Cause we were just talking about war. Yeah. Yeah. The volunteer state. All right. I figured it out. Thank you. Google <laughs> the volunteer state was known as that during the war of 1812 due to the key role played by volunteers from the Tennessee militia. Look at that. How about okay. that? So see, there you go. All right. All right. So they didn't just pick one dude that was like, a it wasn't volunteer. just Davy. It should have been just Davy. Let's be honest, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Sorry. 
<laughs> All right. Let's see here. 58% of respondents said that they would definitely choose or probably choose a payment option that provided predictable equal payments without having to use their regular credit cards. Okay. All right. Okay. Synchrony. You made your point there. I yep. like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they surveyed about 1,335 people ranging from 20 to 79. The majority of the survey participants were baby boomers. Those are the ones that are born 1946 to 64. So that is, that's interesting there. And they also interviewed a whole bunch of dentists and practice managers to get their feedback on how to, you know, how to work this and how to have conversations with your patients. And one of the things that they mentioned in here is that to be completely honest and open about pricing, which is, I mean, obviously you have to do that. And listeners, one thing you should know too, is that the truth in lending, anytime you do payment plans and there's interest attached, you have to give them truth in lending forms because you're actually assessing interest and it turns you into sort of a the financial institution rules apply, which is why in our offices and the offices I used to coach, I didn't mess with that at all. If we were going to assess interest, it was going to be through a third party option because I don't mess with that stuff at all. There's too much liability involved in there. And then basically being as super transparent as possible with their out of pocket and I will say that in today's insurance market, you and I don't talk insurance as often as I think people think we do, but the reality is insurance is hard to estimate. I try to make it as easy as possible, but it's very hard. So if you're not able to give them a good out-of-pocket estimate, then the chances of them coming back are just, you know, I mean, Kevin, what would happen if you were told it was going to be $200 and then you get the bill for $6,000? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Surprises are not good things whenever it comes to money, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and one thing that we've talked about in the past is the, and of course, we'll link this whole thing. But the one thing that we've talked about in the past is the fact that emergency care is, it's really on the rise. I mean, that people get a lot of their work done through the hospitals, the Mm -hmm. emergency room, but we haven't, maybe we need to revisit this, but there's a lot of production time that's lost in the workplace and in the schools by people who are in pain and not going in and getting their work done. So there's a real like monetary effect that happens. Yeah. I mean, dentistry has a PR problem that, you know, I think people don't think they can afford it. And yet they will be in pain because of that. They choose pain sometimes over coming to see us in the dental industry. And I think that how we get past that, I don't know. Because I know that's something ADA's worked on. I know individual dentists try to get that out in their, their community. But it's absolutely something that it's not getting better either. It's not like this new millennial generation is understanding it more than the baby boomers did. Yeah. So, so I do think that we as an industry have to figure out how that we make it as painless as possible, both in the mouth as well as the wallet. And how do we make sure that when that patient comes in, that that trust that we so pride ourselves on in the dental industry really is there and keeps going too. It's, it's a good point. I don't know of any recent campaign, honestly, that kind of ties in this information. Well, and you've heard me say this and I'll say it again. We made such a mistake during the pandemic when dentistry was deemed non-essential and kind of sitting back and just shrugging and going, okay. You know, I think that dentistry lost a little bit of its forward progress because of that. And I think that we still have to catch up with that in our industry 
and show, you know, the oral systemic link, all the things that we always talk about, they're so important. And part of it is, as you're saying, just getting into the dentist, you know, making sure that periodontal disease is being taken care of, making sure that, you know, cavities and everything else that will cause you to miss work are also being alleviated as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you feel a twinge of pain, people, you just know that it's going to, you got to get that taken care of yeah. um, for any non-dental people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Tooth pain, when you get a twinge, it never really goes away. It's something. Well, and, and I had a friend who he was eating something the other day, cracked a filling and just kind of shrugged it off. Well, it doesn't hurt. And I'm just like, oh. yet, you know, <laughs> yeah, it will, I guarantee you, you know, but he was also in no hurry to go back into the dental practice and have that taken care of. Oh, see, when I think of somebody, when somebody says to me, I've got this little twinge or I've cracked a tooth, all I can picture, because my brain is weird, all I can picture is like a bunch of bacteria that are like, Ooh, Disneyland just opened. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Let's rush in and see what all the new rides are that have to have to offer. Look at all these tubules that are just fresh. Like it's like when a new Walmart comes to town. It's so gorgeous. Everybody loves it. Come on. Everybody. <laughs> and then three weeks later, it's just a disaster. <laughs> I gotta work that into my classes somehow, that analogy. <laughs> that is a great analogy. I'm just telling you right there. That's awesome. I tell you, there's some weird stuff going on up there in this head of mine. <laughs> you know, if you were an illustrator, just see that little bacteria getting all excited. I'd love to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> little bacteria family going through the gate. <laughs> yeah. Like the mom bacteria dragging the kids. Come on, kids. <laughs> they got a buffet, I promise. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. So after going over the dental lifetime of care study, Kevin, does it now, are you now impressed? It's impressed upon you how much money we spend on dentistry. It, it is. But it also is impressed upon me how much more people could be spending too. You know, how much that they're holding on to those dollars as well. So yeah, it's interesting because you don't ever think about uh, all the things that we do on a yearly basis to, to maintain our oral health. And Wow, that's some cash right there. So for all our dental friends here, the next time you go on a plane, next time you're in a crowded space, just look around and think of all the people with all the outstanding treatment plans. Kevin, I know you and I fly a lot. I can tell you I've sat next to people and just Stereo judging breath. from their breath, I can tell exactly what they Stereo need. Stereo breath, baby. Yes. <laughs> and then the worst is when they say, oh, I'm a doctor or I'm a, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, back off. Back off, Sparky. <laughs> Cut it out. You've got money. Go get that fixed, you know. So, so yes, just know that there's a ton of people all around you that need work done, but they, they do have other priorities. And it's a matter of us making making dentistry a priority for them. Yeah. And it's also when you meet those people and you say, yeah, I'm a dentist or I'm a dental hygienist or a dental assistant or whatever it is. And they go, oh, or they go, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just roll your eyes and go, oh, it sucks. No, tell them <laughs> why it's important. <laughs> be proud to be in this industry. Seriously. You should. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, blood makes me faint. Yeah, I know. Well, your hygienist must be on the floor then because <laughs> <laughs> judging from that hot breath, there's something going on there. But no, but it is... It, you're right, though, Kevin, when you tell people that you're in the industry, it's either oh, I don't know how you do it or oh, yeah. they pull out the fish hook and show you something in their mouth. Oh, yeah. Every time I'm in an Uber and, and I'm in town for a dental conference, the, the guy or gal driving has an issue always. Yeah. And they're like, and I'm like, 
you know, he told me seven years ago. I'm like, well, that's probably a good thing. You know, you probably should take care of that. Just a guess. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've had some doozies. So anyways, <laughs> we try to leave them something to chew yes. on, but uh -huh. maybe they just don't have the teeth to do it. They, they might gum on this. <laughs> they might gum. <laughs> Perfect. All right. <laughs> On that note, dear listeners, thanks for hanging in there with us. We always appreciate it. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew On This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then. <laughs>